Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good afternoon, good evening, people. It's V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Morning with V and CJ, and uh, I think we're still in exile, Siege. We might yes. be no idea. We men without a country, V. <clears throat> men without a country. We have no home to call our own, but, you know, we'll eventually be back. I think later today, I think we should be active on YouTube, uh, hopefully before the Matthew Eric broadcast today. Ah. Uh, you know, with that being said, also check out roguenews.com where everything uh, like these interviews will be posted and you can go there and get all the good stuff. Roguenews.com. Yesterday's Cuss with Gus is posted there. Y'all can go check it out. And with that being said, El Cuco, what's going on, brother? How are you? Doing great, great, man. I'm just, like I said, just getting through this last bit of winter, I hope. Uh, I, I know it's only the end of uh, January, but man, I tell you, just it's been cold, bro. It's been real cold. It's been freezing, man. And it's like pretty much from the Midwest all the way to the Northeast, it's been an absolute Arctic tundra. We have uh, some sort of a, a mega bomb event. I don't know what the hell that's called. Some sort of cold front that's moving in that's going to uh, a cold cyclone or whatever the heck they're calling it. Yeah, they got these fancy new names nowadays with, with all the stupid stuff. So that's moving into the East Coast. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see yeah. at least, man. It's, it's freezing all over the place. And, you know, energy prices are up. And, and you know, you got idiot Powell out there. You know, he's, you know, uh, just, you know, they're, they're, he's out there yesterday at the FOMC meeting. And he's pretending to have uh, inflation under control and, and whatnot. And that, you know, everything's fine. And it's going to be a little bit. And, you know, supply chain and this, that, and the other. Bunch of nonsense. It's unreal. Unreal. And it's crazy if you think about how much the the narrative that's that's the, the the vision the 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 expectations that they bring in terms of of the fake reality of it's amazing v how much they use the mainstream media and i know i know it's like a broken record everyone's like yeah we know it whatever but but i'm, I'm not sure if, if if they're not paying attention to the fact that they continue to lose viewers the trust with the media and a, you know perfect example you know they keep hyping up you know this this escalation uh with kiev and 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 donbass with their hey you know there's there's going to be they're going to be attacked and they're going to go in and they're going to clean it out 
and but yesterday they they you know they met and they agreed to the the ceasefire you know with the, the mince agreement uh, back to what was it 2008 somewhere in there uh, but yeah. but you don't you don't hear that I, and granted I get it so I I think in part you see the alphabet agencies partnering you know with the media but then also again in in regards to the the economy uh, you you know you you hit the front line of of some of the 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 national uh, sites and they're they're touting this U.S. economy it's the it's the greatest ever the V the economy grew at five point seven percent in twenty twenty one which Jesus is the fastest Christ. full year clip. Since now, 1984, V. God, remember, we're we're the idiot country that counts government expenditure as economic growth. Siege, what did we do in 2020 that caused a that would that you that we would assume would cause a a 5.7 percent rise? What's well, going to happen when you count debt that you created, and you and when you count you know when you count no, debt, no, you can't, you, you, they, they don't count those things. They don't count debt. <laughs> I mean, we, we pumped $6.8 trillion into the economy in 2020, okay? And in 2021, all the stimulus that went into there, the, 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 I mean, you name it, man, all right? And that's how you get this stupid, fictitious number of, oh, yes, the economy, it grew at, you know, 5.7%. Numbers that are, you know, are, are, are like what you would see with, like, um, with, um, uh, what's I'm gonna call it? Um, like China or mm-hmm. India or an emerging market, not an established market like the United States. V, China, is... you know, V, that China is in a recession. Their GDP was down almost fifty percent. Right. They continue to build all these ghost cities. V, you yes, know that. V, yes, stop, right. stop. V, spreading false information. I know, I know, man. <laughs> You're right about that, dude. All those ghost cities that they're building, and you know, they're real. And the Evergrande was whatever happened to Evergrande. I thought the you know all the uh, the uh, the so-called experts are saying that that's going to be the nuclear trigger bomb that's going to cause China to collapse and then uh, send uh, the U.S. banks down the toilet. I mean, what happened? <laughs> Unreal, man. Unreal. Well, so, so here's one. You know, the U.S. economy, 5.7%. And then, you know, right after that, uh, GDP. GDP grew at 6.9% pace to close out 2021. Stronger it's than expected. So bullshit. Despite the, uh, despite, bullshit. The, despite the Omicron. So this is this is the fake, but, but people buy it and and what's crazy and what i want people to understand and listen to is that this same greatest economy ever is the same thing as trump's greatest economy ever right when people yeah. touted trump were like look at his skills and you know look what he did and, and trump created a lot of debt if you go back and you look under the four years of trump he created a, a lot of debt uh continued the 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 massive amount of pumping up of the stock market and 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 so again this just 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 a continuation you know, kicking the can down the road. But as long as they control the mainstream narrative and the media, this is what people get. This is the the, the illusion that they want to create, that everything is great. It's it's party on. It's party like it's 1999. Um, and they're doing this exact same thing in regards to Ukraine and, and the escalation. They the alphabet agencies, they they want their war. V. They're they're chomping at the bit for that war. It, it, it's the, these people are psychotic. You know, Russia is not Afghanistan. Russia is not Iran. Russia is not Syria. Russia is not Iraq. Russia is a very advanced military power with weapon systems that are, some of which are several generations ahead of ours, two, at least by two and a half to three generations in some regards. Their army is, this is the kind of hubris and stupidity that you could only expect from Western 
you know, uh, kleptocrats. They've spent decades robbing, raping, and pillaging their own country. They've spent decades wealth extracting and draining the wealth of their respective nations in which they live in. And now that the fiat charade is about to come to an end, now when we're on the cusp of this whole entire thing coming apart, and they've extracted $10 trillion worth of wealth, over $10 trillion wealth worth of wealth in the whole entire pandemic nonsense, okay? And that's coming to an end. The city of London already gave out the notice to uh, Boris Johnson, Bojo, and they call and they told Bozo to, hey, Bozo, here's a memo. We're done with this nonsense. Knock it off. And if Bojo has gotten the notice, that means the United States will get the notice. Biden is, is, is done economically. I mean, I mean, politically, he's finished. The Democrats are politically finished. And they're going to continue to go hard left unless, of course, they, you know, look, this whole thing is over. Okay, It's all coming to a head. And yet, when and these idiots know this, so what? What do these globalist morons want to do? These neocons think that they can that they are masters, right? Remember what Karl Rove said, that idiot, curmudgeon, that piece of crap, Karl Rove. Remember what Rove said years ago, <laughs> as he was laughing on some news show, talking about they're the ones who create reality. These people are idiots. They're psychopaths. They're literal psychopaths that live in their own echo chamber. And what's going to happen is this, okay? They think that they could somehow get into a limited war with Russia and or China, and they could somehow contain it within a specific theater, that it could be not so messy, not so, you know, not so uh, 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 escalatory, and it could be limited to maybe a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand Ukrainians dropping dead. They think they can manage that. Russia made it on no uncertain terms. This is the red line you do not cross. This is a country, folks. Russia is a country that understands what annihilation, a war of annihilation is. The United States never in its history has ever fought a war of annihilation. Not during the Revolutionary War, where only 3% of the population stood up. Not during the Civil War, where that was also as, as much as history books like to blow it up out of proportion, was also a limited war. Okay, the infrastructures of the North and the South weren't being obliterated to a mass scale. You don't have mass death and destruction. But why don't you ask the Russians what mass annihilation is when the German army was encroaching on Leningrad? Why don't you talk to them about that battle? Why don't you talk to them about fighting the German front, fighting them in the Danube, fighting them in, you know, in the Rhine, fighting them as they're going across Berlin? Ask them what a war of annihilation looks like when your command and control structure is under bombardment 24-7. The United States in its history has never done that. The United States in its history has a consistent record of losing. Well, we, we won World War II. No, we didn't win World War II. Eight out of ten German uh, casualties, eight out of ten folks, was in the hands of Russians. That's a fact. You might not like it, but you, th you might think you're a history expert because you saw the History Channel and you watched Saving Private Ryan and you saw the movie Battle of the Bulge and you, and you, 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 you think you got a, a grasp on this thing. You don't. This country has never faced a war of annihilation. This country's command and control structure with its generals and colonels and these amazing guys like General Mark Milley, these fucking morons have never faced what a bombardment of the highest tech upon their command and control structure looks like 24-7, 365. They've never faced a bombardment like that.
Now, and these you, idiots think you know, in their hubris that they're going to somehow manage this. They're fucking crazy, man. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you nailed it, V. Uh, you know, spot on. You know, a couple of things to to validate that. Uh, yesterday, one of the Supreme Court Justice Breyer's announced that he's he's retiring, V. Oh, good. And you know, he he he's retiring because you know this is a, a a sign that they have no intentions or they fully understand that they will not be retaining the House and the Senate. So therefore, they're pushing this through now. Uh, why they still while they still have uh, the 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 Senate. Uh, while they still have uh, Biden there to nominate a candidate to the Supreme Court. So so this is very telling. This is a very telling move. Now, there's a lot of speculation. People are saying, well, this is a perfect opportunity for Biden just to get rid of, of Camel Toe, Kamala, just just put her on the Supreme Court. <laughs> uh, but but the level of stupidity with this, um, you know, this decision and, 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 you know, again, it just goes back to taking a look at why Biden and Kamala are both in place. But, you know, Biden has, has pledged to put a woman of color, you know, on, on the Supreme court. So, so again, you know, we continue the process of, of um, attempting to, instead of looking at qualifications, looking at uh, proper credentials, just, you know, again, just looking at that, that, that diversity thing that um, in case you haven't noticed, diversity destroys nations. And that's exactly what it's doing uh, to our country. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Right, man. Exactly. Right. Unbelievable. Uh, the Fed uh, meeting yesterday was quite interesting, Siege. You know, there's a great write-up by Michael Every of Rabobank, and it's really good. And um, he's talking about Fedestroika. Uh, uh, Powell just has two options, right? This is on Rabobank. Um, the Fed appears to have just opted for Fedestroika, which is going to cause a lot of apparatchiks to get nervous. No, you know, it's basically he's comparing the structural systemic degeneration or disintegration of the United States and the and the West to the late stage Soviet economy. And if you compare the disintegration of the West to the late stage Soviet economy, the, the, the parallels are shocking. The parallels are absolutely shocking if you if you see this. It's unbelievable, right? Um, and he says this, today's Fed is our version of the 1980s Soviet Politburo. They say and do whatever may help sustain the unsustainable. And folks, by design, that is the entire premise. That is the entire, you know, structure of what a central bank does, right? Their idea is to sustain the unsustainable. That's it. It cannot be like they, 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 there's no other medium here. Some replied to this paraphrase that the old Soviet joke, they pretend to have inflation under control and markets pretend to believe them. And that was like a running joke as the Soviet Union's economy was overheating and collapsing. Okay. Now the com commissars are promising a series of rate hikes to try to save the system from itself. Chair Powell ironically added, I think it's quite a bit of room to raise interest rates without threatening the labor market. <laughs> right, right. I can't take it anymore. They also realized a document called the Principles for Reducing the Size of the Federal Reserve's Balance Sheet. Wow, what a document that could be. <laughs> I wonder what the Fed's actual balance sheet is when you count dark dollars. When we know that they cannot sustainably reduce the balance sheet, it doesn't get any more Soviet-sounding than that. And if you can't see 
that you've been in a said system too long or a true apparatchik. My fellow Fed refusenik, Philip Mary, thinks that they will hike four times this year. He also thinks in a deep irony that they opted to reaffirm the equally Soviet statement on the longer-run goals and monetary policy strategy with the sentence, quote, the committee seeks to achieve inflation that averages 2% over time. Right. Good luck with that. Good and therefore, luck with that. And therefore, judges that follow periods when inflation has been running persistently below 2%, appropriate monetary policy will likely aim to achieve inflation moderately above 2% for some time. As the adoption of this strategy is why the Fed has fallen so far behind the curve in the first place, that the need to build high-end condos or business centers talk about the proletariat and hope things somehow turn around. And, you know, they've been meaning, <laughs> CJ, we've been, ever since the Fed was invented, they've been maintaining a 2% inflation. <laughs> Real inflation is anywhere between 13 and 15% currently on many, 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 many uh, aspects of the economy. And for them to come out with this 2% BS for this many decades is, is so laughable, man. Oh my gosh, it's crazy, right? Crazy. Yeah. I mean, and 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 B. I mean, who who do they think is going to be able to afford those higher interest rates? Yeah. You know, do do you think the consumers are ex- super excited that, woohoo, I may get my one point oh 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 one percent on my checking and savings account now? <laughs> but do you think that even the U.S. government, with the amount of debt, and and even at one or you know, let's say a quarter percent, you know, half a percent at the massive amount of debt that's exposed there with our, our, our government. And then look at the financial, look at the look at corporations and, and, the, and their debt. You know, are they going to be able to afford that debt load? So, so what happens? You know, again, they're, they're going to have to roll out price increases. They're going to have to find a way to pay off that debt. So I think it's just going to fuel uh, the the uh, the inflation numbers if they're even able to do it. Right. I mean, um I, I doubt that that happens. And I would say, gosh, who the dark money and everything, I would say be if it'd be interesting to see the Fed, their balance sheet and how much that they actually own of the stock market, uh, other different asset classes that are out there. I, I would guesstimate, I, I guarantee it's probably upwards of 50 percent that they actually own. The, I mean, the <clears throat> Japanese Central Bank, the BOJ, the Bank of Japan. They own 64% of the Tokyo Stock Exchange. I mean, think about it. Why do they own 60% of the Tokyo Stock Exchange? Well, they're, they're printing to oblivion like we are. The Japanese debt-to-GDP ratio is probably the worst in the world. I think it's over 234%. Okay, the Japanese have a serious debt problem. Japan had a lost decade, which we're about to enter a lost decade, folks. If we're, we're actually in the beginning stages of a lost decade, which started in 2020, it's going to probably continue to 2030, and and it could result between now and then any sort of um, economic downturn, such as a collapse, is, is very handily true. Now, if these guys, but I don't think it's going to crash because what's going to happen is this: the Fed's going to raise a rate by a quarter of a percent, and they're going to probably do it again. That's going to cause some sort of backlash within the market. And it's going to cause a. It's going. I mean, the market is so over leveraged. This would cause such a, sta- a a massive shock that they would have to quickly cur- curtail it back into a zero, 
internet and internet zero interest rate policy. But a lot of people are looking at at, at ZERP zero interest rate policy. CJ, there's a certain simian, a gorilla in the economist, a figure shrouded in mystery, whose name is only echoed in the halls of certain hedge funds. Now, this Simeon, CJ, said not only Dow 29,000 and Dow 35,000, right? Not only is he calling out the spring sell-off of pharmaceutical stocks and this whole entire thing being uh, done, this whole COVID bullshit being done by March, April, which now other people in the alt media like Salente starting to parrot him verbatim. And I said this back in November. But this Simeon also has stated that we're going to head into a brave new world, Siege, a brave new world, because this Simeon remembers back in 2015 when a certain Stanley Fisher uttered the most sacred word, the absolute golden arrow in the central banker's quiver. And that is not zero interest rate policy, folks. That is negative interest rate policy. You see, everybody's betting on ZERP. Everybody's betting on a rate hike of one, maybe two rate hikes, maybe three rate hikes, and then the Fed will have to backtrack to ZERP to make things cheap again. No, 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 no. The Fed is in such a position that they got their nuts in such a vice that any journey to ZERP, a zero interest rate policy, will eventually is a stopgap that will get us to NERP, negative interest rate policy. This is what's going to happen. And this is what is going to be absolutely catastrophic. Because as I'm talking to you right now, folks, there are, I think, 13 to 15 trillion, maybe even 17 trillion. I got to check this out again. I don't have the latest figures of sovereign bonds that right now that are trading at negative interest rates. Think about that. Think about that. This is the brave new world we're about to enter into in this economy. And not only is it, so they're going to have NERP, I'm sorry, ZERP, yeah, negative interest rate policy. They're going to be stimulating, folks, we never stopped quantitative easing. We're, we are quantitative easing to infinity. They can call it however way they want. And what do you think the Fed coin is that they're working on, right? Well, this way we could deliver a universal basic income. Think about it. We're heading into a world where they got to manage inflation. For the last decade or so, they've been sticking it. Okay, they've been sticking it into the into the stock market. Great place to hide it. The average Joe Blow won't realize that inflation's up between nine and and eleven percent. He'll buy the bullshit that the that the uh, the that the inflation's at two percent because the Dow is at thirty thousand thirty thousand points. So everything's fine. You could only stretch the market so much. You could only bolt hole dumped U.S. treasuries for so long. And, and, and I mean bolt-holding, they're bolt-holding it with Euroclear and Clearstream, right? They're bolt-holding it in Ireland. They're bolt-holding it in the Caymans. They're bolt-holding it via the ESF, the Emergency Stabilization Fund, the Plunge Protection Team. And this is where you have this concept called dark dollars. I think Rob Kirby did a great job because he was a bond trader out of Toronto. This is where the damn thing is going, dark dollars. You can only do that so long. So what is the next phase of this? The next phase is negative interest rate policy. The next phase is universal basic income via FedCoin. That's the next phase of this thing. 
and they will continue to ride this until the wheels fall off. We are entering, at best case scenario, a lost decade. A lost decade. Markets will be kind of flat, floating around anywhere between 30 to 40,000 points. Massive stimulation. The Fed will own 60% of U.S. stocks. And let's put it to you this way, folks. 40% of the companies on the Dow make no money. 40% of the blue chip companies on the Dow make no money. I think the number is even more than that. I think it's closer to 55%. Make no money. So how are you going to... Now, if those 40 to 50% all of a sudden didn't get that 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 cocaine hit if they didn't get that heroin hit that the, that the fed is doling out you think they'll survive on the dow no can the dow afford for over 40 percent of its companies imploding can that index it? no it wouldn't the entire narrative will fall apart the dow is the number that is the most important for the, for the narrative. And they cannot allow that number to decline. So they, they will do whatever it takes to make sure that these companies are getting pumped with that heroin infusion, getting that hot load directly into their veins. Now, here's the problem. Every time you stimulate the economy, every time you're dumping stimulus money on these zombie institutions, you are creating what is called capital malformation. That money doesn't go to the public. This is why anything that is spent bailing out the banks, bailing out the economy, doesn't bail out Main Street. Bailing Wall Street don't bail out Main Street. It actually kills Main Street because it makes capital malformation, which affects the credit markets, which affects you, the American consumer, the American entrepreneur, the American small business owner. It affects you because now it's harder for you to get credit. It's hard. Loan terms change. Borrowing rates are up. Borrowing requirements are up. My God, you got to give your left kidney and and, and 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 a blood sample and a stool sample and your firstborn child in order for you to procure a loan these days. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it, spot on. V. It's interesting to see, like you know what, you know what is backstopping the the Fed in terms of the amount of the debt is being created. And what, and what I mean by that is that like. And I, I think why they're losing patience is that what's their reassurances other than tax receipts from from U.S. taxpayers that 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 that, you know, that dollar, the digital, the digits that are created, because that's basically what they are. Right. is digits. But I think they are getting to that point where they're understanding and, and they're they're losing patience. So what's that? What's that next step? Probably what, what you said, probably the, the Fed coin is to, you know, circumvent the banks that for the most part are 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 insolvent hence hence the the uh the, the overnight um uh what's it called again i was repo was, rate yeah the, the overnight uh, that that occurs overnight uh, potentially potentially you know if they get to the point where there's like no reassurances you know maybe perhaps the fed uh starts trying to create or working through some type of other mechanism their own type of financial instruments and and what what I mean by that is you know maybe perhaps they start looking a way to to counter 
some of the 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 IRAs, the four hundred one ks, you know, potentially looking at how much wealth is actually out there in terms of of uh, the the baby boomers and 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 their retirement. I, I'm not sure what that that dollar is. Uh, but we we know several years ago that when people filed their taxes, they started asking and collecting that information in terms of of IRA, 401k balances um, to to look at that. But you know they they have to have an end game here somewhere. This 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 deny, dynamic of what has happening and what's being created just simply cannot cannot continue. And hence why the fight with Russia and China is so important to them in terms of carrying on the dollar hegemony uh, into the next uh, decade and, and beyond V. You know, a lot of people would, would say to themselves, like, you know, the, the, a lot of people, a lot of people, and I used to be one of them, would think that there's some nefarious, well-thought-out, well-planned endgame to this whole entire thing. And the more you follow the money, the more you study the markets, folks, and I always say this, the markets are speaking, the markets talk, they have a language, and if you know how to read it, which takes, you know, some some time to some years to, to under your belt to, to to really decipher the tea leaves, so to speak. It, it it gives you a clear message. When you cut through all the bullshit confidence talk, the peacocking, the um, this the, all all this hubris that these idiots are talking about about how they like to pro- you know project themselves out there that they are they are like the masters of the universe. They're somehow the, the the authors of chaos, that they can somehow manage it and contain it and control it. It's, it's, it's utter bullshit. You see, this is what people need to understand. There is no malevolent, well-thought-out, orchestrated plan that's going to transition us into some sort of a dystopic world. Are we heading towards a dystopic uh, future? That's very possibly true. Very good potentiality of that happening. But what is also happening in a bigger and larger sense is that we are transitioning into more chaos. Let me explain to you this way. These idiots do not have any sort of clue on how to manage any of this. The system is so damn big. It's so damn complex. At every level, there are thousands of bureaucracies and billions of middlemen and all these things that are all smashed together, this bloated pustule that is our economic and political system. It is, there is no way for one man, two men, one group, or thousands of groups, nothing can manage this crisis the way it's going to go. Now, these guys have an idea of what they're going to do, just like they had an idea of what to do in Afghanistan. And we all saw what happened, how that ended with a C-17 on the runway with Afghans hanging off of it. These guys have an idea of what to do in Syria. And we all saw how that ended when they went ahead and pounded sand and left the place, and now they're holding on to, like, one oil oil well over there. We see how these guys have an idea of this, this grand successful coup that they're running in Ukraine, which that completely is blown up in their face. Ukraine is a, an absolute failed state. And they've all they've done, these idiots have done, is cre- because of the, their behavior, what they've done abroad is create an environment where nobody trusts each other. 
So all their curmudgeons, all these apparatchiks that they've you know put in power in Ukraine and in other places throughout the world, these are all jackals, and they all have their knives out for one another, including U.S. politicians. They can't manage it. So what's going to happen is this, man. We are facing a lost decade. This Fed coin is a way, and this is why the Bank of England and also the Bank of Japan and the Bank and the European Central Bank, they're all working on central bank digital currency, central bank issued digital currencies. Why? This is part of the universal basic income. This is also a slow bleeder valve that they can open up in order to relieve some of the pressure that is on their balance, okay? That's on the their balance sheet. That's number one. Number two, negative interest rates are the only way to go. And what these two things will do together between the universal basic income and negative interest rates to the markets at large is anybody's guess. At best, it's going to be a lost decade, tepid growth. At worst, the amount of negative feedback that they create in the system will be so jarring, it can do greater harm than good, and we could possibly enter a realm of abject stagflation. See, these guys, you got to understand, the bankers love inflation to a point, right? Hyperinflation is particularly, especially with if they can have ZERP. Zero interest rate or negative interest rates, even better, because it, money becomes the cheapest thing. It becomes cheaper than water. It becomes cheaper than tap water. And they would love that. But if we enter into stagflation, that could be the damn kill shot. And we're already there in some regards. That could be the kill shot that, that blows this whole thing sky high. So the whole answer to the question that everybody has is, is this. These people have no fucking clue what they're doing. Powell doesn't. Yellen doesn't. Anybody else doesn't. The, guy, the boys at Goldman don't. JPM don't. None of these guys have any fucking clue. Nobody in government has a clue what they're doing. Nobody has any idea how this is going to fall apart, how this will end next year. Two years, three years, they have no clue. And they, none of them, not one of them, is going to lift their hand to stop it. Not one of them is going to come and rescue you. Not one of them is going to stop what is coming. The only thing that can be done is for you to be prepared for what is ahead. That's the only thing you got looking for yourself. Boom. Yeah, I brought up this chart um, real quick because uh, when you were, when you were talking, a couple of things uh, came to thought, and that's in, in in regards to the amount of of expenditures of 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 government, and and potentially we see here, you know, why uh, COVID, you know, could have had some blowback, maybe even potential for 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 benefits. But this is actual uh, federal spending by category and agency uh, within the federal government. And you look at the top three lines that are that are posted in terms of of, of what the government expenditures goes to. So 
income security is $1.6 trillion, which is 24% of the tax receipt. That includes other income security. Who knows what that is? Unemployment compensation, food and nutritional assistance, federal employee retirement and disability. Oh, my God. Look at that. That's a 9%. Federal employee retirement and disability, $156 billion. That is insane. Uh, housing assistance, general uh, retirement and disability insurance. Uh, this one in particular, why this is interesting in regards to Social Security, $1.1 trillion. And I would say, uh, I'm not sure where we are in terms of the, the boomers and retirement stages that they're in. But how effective, V, potentially could it be if, if – because what happens when you die, V? You, you, Social Security benefits go away, right? Yeah. So you may have paid in several, several – you know, thousands of dollars, but you know what, the moment that you die, you know, you, that stops. So, you know, yes, there's, there's spouse beneficiary things that, that, that kick in there, but you know, look at that, look at that $1.1 trillion and who's no, who knows what that future projection is going to be. So I think it's, you know, why it's interesting to take a look at this because we begin to see the picture of, of what's happening. And, and in terms of the, the model, it's, it's, it's not sustainable. This can't, can't continue and 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 hence why you take a look at at medicare medicare is 696 point billion dollars how effective it is it if you if you the number of deaths deaths that were that transpired because of covid that happened who did it impact it impact you know a lot of a lot of the elderly it impacted people with that were unhealthy uh potentially people with disabilities all those things that that long term has a a, a probably have some 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 benefits so i don't know it's just interesting to take a look at this um i've never i haven't taken a look at this before to see but it's pretty obvious in terms of and uh, you know national defense you know we knew that would be up there uh but yeah this this model is, is just it can't continue it's unsustainable v yeah 100 percent, man it is absolutely unsustainable just like everything else I mean, think about this this is the equivalent of the titanic hitting the iceberg the ship is taken on water you know, the smart people are running to the lifeboats, the limited lifeboats that are out there. And folks, you only we have only limited lifeboats in this country. The rest of the idiots, rather than trying to save their own lives and their own asses, what they're doing is they're trying to upgrade themselves to first class. They're fighting to see who gets upgraded to first class. And that's your social media idiots, your influencers, your YouTube morons, and these nouveau-rich idiots. Right? They're fighting over who can get upgraded to first class. Now, while this is happening, imagine, if you will, the captain, the first mate, and all the staff that are on the boat is convincing everybody that, hey, everything's under control. The boat's not taking on water. Everything's fine. We have it all under control. We're going to pull into port. It's a little leak. It's a transitory leak. It's, we're, going to trans, we're going to transition our way out of this leak and this sinking. It's a transitionary uh, sinking. It's not going to sink for long. And uh, sooner than you think, we'll be at port. Uh, we'll be parked somewhere. In New York, everything will be fine. You can step out and enjoy your day. That is the equivalent of what these politicians are doing. They are like that meme of, the, of that cartoon where you see this dog in a house that's full of fire, and he's saying, this is fine, right? Well, this is exactly what it is. I mean, you want to take it one step further. This is the equivalent of, of, of a house is on fire, right? The Fed has set. Because the American politicians have set our house on fire. Our country is on fire. That country represents the house. And the house is on fire. 
and firefighters, which could be the solutions to fix this problem, which would be a new monetary policy, which would be term limits, which will be uh, eliminating uh, you know, Congress people from dabbling in stocks, which would be uh, bringing back Glass-Steagall, which will be to stop the bailouts of insolvent banks and companies, right? These are the things that will remedy us. And these guys will be the firefighters. Now, not only have they set our houses on fire, but the very solutions that could save our home is being destroyed, which the equivalent of as soon as the firefighters pull up in their fire trucks, they're shooting the firefighters to kill them. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. This is where we are as a country now. Yep. It's where we arrived. And that's, again, um, you know, Ukraine is much more than what meets the eye in terms of the, the, the future and the dynamics of what's 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 happening there, uh, V. And, you know, why I just, you know, keep going. But, you know, we just have to monitor it, you know, by by the hour. I mean, you know, I, I think Russia would love to negotiate something. But when you look at the letter that was presented and we'll probably save it, I'm not sure what Matthew Arrett plans on on chatting about but i'm sure that'll be part of the discussion but it was kind of a slap in the face in terms of the letter that the uh biden administration gave him and and, and like i said in another podcast why the hell is you the united states leading that conversation to begin with you know what are we now effectively you know nato i mean why are the, we the ones that are, are dictating and you know writing the letter and yes i'm sure that we, we you know our counterparts in the eu and you know nato partners and all that but you know why are we leading that conversation versus you know, uh, Ukraine and, and Russia and working, working this out. But, you know, there's a lot at stake in terms of that happening, not only in terms of, of uh, the, the change that's occurring, but also politically, the political ramifications uh, here in the United States. And I continue to reiterate, and I say this every time, that, you know, probably one of the reasons why Trump was, was, was outed is because he wouldn't deliver the wars, because I think Trump legitimately cares about our military. He truly does. He cares about our brave men and women, the people that, that serve, um, you know, because he understands the the risk of, of what war truly is. Yeah. And, and I thought that they, when they, when they brought Trump in um, and, and he was selected when he brought in that they thought he would deliver on, on the war and, 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 and he didn't. So, so therefore they're counting on Biden uh, to do that. And, and I will stick to that. I don't, I don't have any proof that that's the case. Uh, but I think that they're sending a warning signs out to to Biden, how they, you know, they program the media in terms of how the media tr treats Biden, whether he's looked upon as a hero or looked upon as a as a, you know, uh, you know, an old man that can't, you know, coherently say two sentences or anything like that. So, again, it gets back to the point that they're going to continue to escalate this. And it kind of reminds me a lot of of, uh, of Baghdad and the situation when, you know, weapons of mass destruction on on how we saw the amplification of of media and content driven around, you know, Saddam Hussein and these weapons and he's, he's a month away from, you know, nuclear weapons and all these things. I, I kind of get that same type of feeling. It's, it's happening again, V and, and uh, you know, if they can, if they can create their war, if they can, you know, get the, you know, get the uh, American people to back and support um, the escalation, you know, with, with Ukraine and Russia, but you know, we, most people have to understand what's at, what's at stake there. And we have to push back and fight against that narrative of the media saying that, that Russia's escalating things and they keep pushing these things because we're going to continue to hear that for the next several days, uh, V and, and we'll just have to monitor it. And, you know, hopefully, you know, Matthew can provide his insights at 2 PM. Yeah. One thing I like to say is this. Okay. 
when you look at the fact, right, it, it, you know, Gilbert Nowak right there in the live chat said, said it best, the U.S. pays 80% of NATO's costs. That's absolutely correct. You have to look at it this way. There's two ways to looking at this Ukraine situation. One is that these idiots are trying to walk into a, a war that they think they could actually win and try to control in a limited environment. That's one side of it. That's the political side of it. The money power side of it, which is the real side. Don't listen to the politicians and these so-called leaders. Listen to what the money is saying. Listen to what the market is saying. And when I look at it from those eyes, and there's two sides, and I, and I brought up the political side earlier in the show because there's always this chance that these muckety-mucks will mess something up and we will be in some sort of a limited shooting war that could possibly go hot, thermonuclear hot. That, that exists. Nobody wants it, but there's a slight chance of that. At best, a limited shooting war. And they think they, you know, they can somehow control it and manage it. But understand this. The more likely scenario is there will be no armed conflict in the Ukraine or the South China Seas. But if you notice the rhetoric that is happening, okay, we all know how bloated the budgets are for the American military. We all know defense spending is completely out of whack with anything that is remotely close to reality. What we're witnessing by, by the United States creating the stress, creating the crisis, creating the tensions in the Ukraine, we are seeing that stress reverberate throughout the entire EU, where every single European parliamentary, excuse me, parliament member, every single NATO general, every single NATO military leader and commander is parroting the same narrative of the inevitable Russian attack. And what they're doing is they are inflating the threat to such heightened levels of paranoia and hysteria that it is loosening, once again, the main purpose of this entire thing. What is it loosening? It is, once again, loosening the strings on the coin purse. You are seeing another wealth grab. You are seeing another money laundering operation. This one based mostly on hysteria and paranoia. That is one side of it. The other side of the coin is you have these neocons and these neoliberals who think that they can get into some sort of a war with Russia. They could somehow control it, and they could somehow stop it from ever going nuclear. These people are insane. Either way you slice it, they're insane. Yeah, yeah. And take note. Take note, because because I like to point this out as much as I can every time, but take note of the you know, exposing the fake left-right paradigm when we see the neocons and neoliberals joining hands uh, to, to promote this war. You know, you're, you're going to see it. You're going to see, you know, Lindsey Graham. You're going to see the, the neocons and the neoliberals together. They're going to they're gonna push a, a bill through uh, to fund for several million dollars. The, the military-industrial complex, Raytheon, they'll be celebrating. They'll be cheering. 
cheering this on because, like what you said, this is the next wealth extraction. Is it is CJ Ukraine? Look, a lot of people are getting hyped about Ukraine. This is what the simian said. This is what the gorilla in the economist is saying. Ukraine is the next Afghanistan. See, how much money was laundered through Afghanistan? North of what? Five oh trillion, right? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Not to mention the, the opium and how much they probably, probably my gosh. Bingo. Yeah. Ukraine is part of that opium route. It's part of that, that opium route that, that was coming out of Afghanistan. Ukraine participated after its collapse in the narco trafficking and the human trafficking because Ukraine, just like Afghanistan, has been turned into a total st- a failed state. The Haverna currency that is utilized in Ukraine is hyperinflated by measure. It is an absolute doldrum. Ukrainians have seen a 40 to 60% reduction in their quality of life and services. It's terrible. Ukraine is an even better Afghanistan. Because now, you, now if, if you notice the pictures of, of cargo planes taken off from Andrews Air Force Base and Otis Air Force Base, C-17s loaded with quote-unquote cargo supplies. We're witnessing another massive money laundering operation. Ukraine is the next Afghanistan. You're going to see trillions of dollars spent on arming the Ukrainian military, which is just about as effective as arming the Afghan military. We're going to see... Ukrainians' uh, 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 military equipment. Oh, we got the latest and greatest military equipment. This is the same strategy. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Yep, absolutely. And with that being said, folks, we're at the end of the broadcast. Thank you all for listening in. Uh, 2 p.m. we will be back with Matthew Errett. And with that being said, El Cuco, take it away.